0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverseimpact.
1: This week's episode of Movies That Changed My Life is brought to you by Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon. Watch in theaters or order on Disney Plus with Premier Access on March fifth. Hey everyone, I'm Ian De DeBorja, and welcome to IMDb's Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week's guest is actor Kelly Marie Tran. You may know Kelly as Rose Tico from episodes 8 and 9 of Star Wars, but you will soon be able to hear her as the voice of Raya in Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon. Kelly and I talk about the importance of being the first Southeast Asian Disney princess, going to Harry Potter Midnight book releases, and the movies that changed her life. If you listen to the show and want to give us some thoughts, please use the hashtag Movies That Changed My Life and tag at IMDb on Twitter, and we'll read out some comments and thoughts throughout the entire season, so make sure to get those in. Thanks so much for listening. Here's Movies That Changed My Life with Kelly Marie Tran. Let's get to the Movies That Changed Kelly Marie Tran's life. She's rubbing her hands together. so
2: excited. Yes.
1: This is going to be very, very fun. So we're going to talk about three awesome movies uh, that I'm excited. I love all three of these. And we're going to go chronologically. Does that work for you in terms of yeah. release? Perfect. Yeah. So let's start with number one, which is very relevant to Raya uh, and the Last yeah. Dragon. So this is 1998's Mulan, the original animated version. It has a 7.6 out of 10 with 258,000 ratings on IMDb, directed by Tony Bancroft and Barry Cook. Starring Ming-Na Wen, Eddie Murphy, and B.D. Wong. And then sung by the great Lea Salonga and Donnie o- Osmond. I mean, come on. All hail All hail Lea Salonga. I know. Like, <laughs> Filipina queen, idol to the Philippine Islands. Uh, Truly. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Mulan, uh, the, the synopsis is to save her father from death in the army. A young Mulan secretly goes in his place and becomes one of China's Greatest heroines in the process. Um, so, talk to me. When was the first time you, you saw Mulan?
2: Oh my gosh. Probably right when it came out. I was not even 10 years old. I think it was like mm-hmm. nine. <laughs> um, and this movie means so much to me. I think I've seen it, I'm not exaggerating, maybe over 100 times. Like once we got the VHS, we just watched it over and over and over. It really was the first time I ever saw myself in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I can, some of those lines, man, that movie is quotable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, It is so, so good and holds such a special place in my heart. It was so funny when um they, they reached out and they were like, oh, you know, think about the movies that changed your life. I was like, you know, I could be, I could give like film school answers. And I was like, no, no, no. Let me just like actually talk <laughs> yeah. about the movies that legit changed my life that I watched so many times and i'm so excited to discuss these with you but yeah mulan is definitely one of them for sure
1: um i mean what was it like like as a you know young kid obviously up until that point disney hadn't had um hadn't had any asian you know uh prison princesses or, or really lead characters up until that point so um you know what was that like going from obviously greats, you know, uh, we have Ariel, Belle, and, and <laughs> Cinderella, all these other classic yeah. Disney princesses. And then, you know, in comes, again, very similar to Raya, like Mulan, not only like a Disney princess with some incredible songs, which we'll talk about in just a bit, but like also like an action action movie and all sort of stuff. So what was that like seeing that?
2: Incredible. Uh, I don't even know if I understood the significance of that shift mm-hmm. when I was that young. Mm-hmm. All I knew is that I loved... That movie. It was a big deal. I think that that seeing someone who looked like me, it was a shift that I don't think I really fully understood at the time. I just knew that it was, um, I knew that I loved that movie and I loved that character and I felt happy watching it. And so I watched it over and over and over.
1: <laughs> so something that has always stood out to me about Mulan is that you know, she's one of the first Disney characters to not really just go after a Prince Charming. You know, her whole mission is to not only save her father, but save the country um, that she obviously loves uh, to uh, defeat the Huns, as they say. You said you've seen this, you know, over hundreds of times. Was there a moment when you were watching it like that that sort of clicked for you? Do you remember when like that chance from being like a really cool like, animated movie with good songs to where like, oh, this is like sort of significant to you, like in a in a grander way?
2: I think that seeing a character who was because Mulan's also very funny and kind of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the beginning of the movie, she's sort of really having to address the expectations of her family and the expectations of her society um, as she goes through the entire matchmaker sequence, which (laughs) incredible (laughs) sequence. Um, And then. She meets Mushu, and Mushu's one of my favorite sidekick characters ever. I just Mm -hmm. think he's – I always think about, like, how many of these lines must have been improvised. (laughs) Because when he's talking about, like, I'm travel size for your convenience and all these things, I'm like, I I feel like all of that stuff was improvised. It must have been. There's so many (laughs) non-sequiturs. His lines are so funny. But, yeah, I think the moment for me was seeing – Mulan as a character who I'm seeing myself in. You know, this girl who has these expectations and who's sort of, like – trying to figure it out, is a little bit klutzy. You know, she's knocking over um rice and she's, like, like, spilling tea and she's doing all this stuff. And then she becomes seeing her fight and, like, become this really capable warrior and also seeing the trajectory of her being a really bad fighter in the beginning. I think mm-hmm. it really taught me. I think it does something really well that also Moana does really well, which mm-hmm. is that— you see a character go from not being able to do something and then after really, really fighting and getting up again over and over and over, they're able to sort of change change parts about them and also use the best parts about them to... Um, to uh, Like, for example, when she's going up the pole with the <laughs> ribbon yeah. and, and no one else has thought about that. Like, that was something that came from her. Um, I, that all was very inspiring to me, the idea that you could not only achieve and not only flourish in this field that you weren't necessarily familiar with, but that you could also use parts of yourself to make those places better in ways, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, t- totally. You've already talked about two of some of like, the iconic scenes where it's the matchmaker scene and the I'll make a man out of you scene. Do you have a favorite uh, song or, or scene sequence from from the movie?
2: I like, I like so many of them, but I just think Girl Worth Fighting For is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Girl fighting for. I, I can sing every, every word. Like I want her paler than the moon with eyes that shine like stars. My girl will marvel at my strength. Ignore my battle scars. I can literally keep going. It's embarrassing, but yeah, I, I, I love that song. It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, for me, I think obviously because, you know, little boy growing up, I think the, the I'll make a man out of you scene is just so cool. I mean, not only like... So good. Yeah, like the montage itself is awesome, but just like the music is... like Donny Osmond singing that is so...
2: Donny Osmond's voice is like butter. I mean yeah and the fighting scenes like the training scenes once they all get good and they're all totally in sync it's like yeah it's not like mind i
1: know i i know it's it's so fun we talked about your favorite songs do you have any favorite uh, other lines that you come back to in life whether inspiration uh or just funny something like mushu any lines that stick out to you whenever you think about it
2: i like the entire king of the rock scene
1: yeah <laughs> I'm the king of the rock. Um, Yeah.
2: King of the rock. And there's nothing you fellas can do about it. (laughs) And then it ends with him
1: Uh, screaming
2: and falling off the rock. Yeah. That's hilarious.
1: Any last things on, on Mulan before we move on to uh, your next selections?
2: Uh, I love Ming Na Wen. that's it, (laughs) I think she's so cool. Um, And I got to meet her once.
1: Ooh, please tell.
2: Yeah. I met her at the episode nine premiere and she was so wonderful. And it was wild because at that time I I already knew that I was going to be playing Raya, but it hadn't, it wasn't released to the public yet. So I met her and I was just like, "Ugh!" it was like an emotional moment for me for sure. Cause I looked up to her for so many years and yeah, it's just crazy.
1: Now that it's out, have you have felt the need to reach out or anything like that?
2: I want to. Is that weird? Should I? Yeah, how you do people do should. that? Like just I don't have Instagram anymore. So like <laughs> how does one reach out to someone
1: like that? Okay, well well, Ming Na, when you listen to this episode, yes. reach out to Kelly Marie and she will uh, we need we need to make this connection happen. So
2: This is truly like an actor's version of just Craigslist missed connections. <laughs> shouting out into the void. We met once. <laughs>
1: Uh, Ming Na, please reach out. We'll, we'll we'll make sure we get that happen, okay? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, that was Mulan from 1998. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. From Disney.
2: My name is Raya. Let's catch you up. Every day. The world's broken. I feel my world ain't and right. our people are divided. I'm
0: a the world, I feel my world ain't is full of good people. Don't give up on them. On March 5th.
2: It's up to us to restore peace. Note to self, don't die.
0: Raya and the Last Dragon. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested in theaters or order it on Disney Plus with premiere access. Additional fee required. March 5th.
1: Uh, Let's go on to our second pick. So this is unique. This is the first time on movies that changed my life. Rather than one film, uh, Kelly, you selected eight with that.
2: Okay, okay. Let me preface this with I almost sent Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings as two series that have legit changed my life. And I was like, oh, I just gotta pick one.
1: So, okay, so you were gonna do Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, but you gave us mercy. I was like, trouble. I
2: cannot make Ian watch 11 movies. No, 13 <laughs> with the other two. I- I've rude.
1: seen all of them a ton of times. So, so you're it, good. It's, We're good. It's good. It's good. Uh, so, yeah, the Harry Potter franchise, uh, it started in 2001 with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, ends in 2011 with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. <laughs> Uh, all incredible films, if you ask me, and I'm sure obviously if you ask Kelly. Uh, every, single ri- <laughs> every
2: single one is perfect.
1: Every single one. Written and directed by a whole bunch of people, but starring our core three is Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grant. I'm assuming you had read the books prior to the films coming out, or were you a film-first yes. Harry Potter yes. person?
2: No, I read the books, and I was like such a Harry Potter fan. I would go to like Barnes & Noble rest in peace. Wait, is Barnes and Noble right. still around? It's still around. It's, it's yeah. still there. Borders yeah. is the one that's Borders like,
1: okay.
2: Cool. Is the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would go to the midnight, like, the midnight openings for the books. Like that's how deep this went for me. (laughs) Yes. Do you remember that? Like there would be like, yeah, parties at bookstores where you could like make wands and stuff and you'd have to pre-order your book to make sure that you could pick it up when the time came. Yes. And like you dress up in, in your robes and everything. And yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I remember for like, I think when YouTube first started like getting like popular, like around with 2000, Maybe two thousand five or six or something like that. I remember seeing videos of people driving around to like Harry Potter premiere, like uh, releases, and like spoiling the ending of books. And so for the last couple, uh, I don't uh, awful. That so for so the last, <laughs> so for the last couple of midnight releases, I actually wore like earplugs because I was like very scared that someone would like drive around <laughs> and like spoil the books. So yes, yeah. I remember those and like having butter beer in Barnes and Noble and like all that sort yeah. of stuff. <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh, I loved Harry Potter so yes. much and it has absolutely sculpted my, <laughs> um, uh, just my love of fantasy things probably. Yeah. Um, also Lord of the Rings though, both. Yeah,
1: love both. Uh, yeah. So for, for Harry Potter, so um, were, did you start reading like right away or did you sort of hear about it at like the second or third book? I mean, what was your story?
2: So my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Quorum, actually read the first book to us in our fourth grade class nice that's cool yeah yeah so i started pretty much right after that um
1: so the first film came out in 2001 harry potter and the sorcerer's stone which i have i i love it's so cute and cheesy and 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 corny especially compared to the later ones but what was it like when you finally got to see harry potter like realized uh you know on, on the screen
2: so amazing It was amazing and i remember so i would also go to the midnight showing of these movies yep which you know being in middle school just to be able to go to a midnight showing was like a big deal because it's late and your parents are letting you go see a midnight movie (laughs) but i remember just like going with my friends we would all dress up and then when the warner brothers like logo came up with like depending on which movie some of them would like have fog once right, you go right. to like the later ones or whatever. Like darker, and I just right. yeah. I just remember having so many emotions. Like I am so excited to see these movies like every single time. And I went to the midnight premiere for every single one. Yeah. It, it was it was a big deal. And then to see these characters come to life, uh what's wild too is now that I, you know, have sort of gotten older and um, gotten to really get into the work of some of the incredible British actors that played a lot of the faculty mm-hmm. in these movies. It's incredible the cast they were able to put together for this. Yeah,
1: it's, um, like, the, it's like the greatest hits of, of British actors, like every single yeah. one of them. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like they didn't miss with any of them. It's incredible. Do you have a favorite? Is is it fair for me to ask you a favorite movie or if I can favorite two movies and, and why? Out
2: of the eight? Yeah. Um, I really can't choose, to be honest. I <laughs> I can't. I can't choose. Like, they're all good for their own reasons. And also, like, I think what's crazy to me is, like, I remember some of the things that I was emotionally going through when I read these books mm. or when I watched these movies. And I think that's why I can't really choose because it's so associated with my, like, growing up into adulthood. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's fun because we basically were the same age as Harry and the three of them like going through like the films we were a little i think we might have been a little younger in the book timeline but at the movie timeline we were basically like in step with all of them maybe like a little older by the end but i agree with you there it's so cool like how they how well uh the films capture the way like when we're going yeah. through like high school angst and all that sort of stuff me a little bit of college yeah, is when okay. uh, Half-Blood Prince comes out and Harry's all alone and like grumpy. Yeah, go go on.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, remember um, when Goblet of Fire came out and everyone suddenly like, Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grint had long hair and because it was like so <laughs> cool for everyone to have long hair at that yeah. time. Oh my gosh. I, I remember just feeling so like, all of my guy friends have long hair right now and it was totally <laughs> reflected in this movie. I know. <laughs>
1: along those same lines like as like they grow older they you know in the early movies are just kind of always wearing their like wizard robes and wizard hats but then like you know Draco gets like he gets these cool like suits right like towards the end like as yeah. he ages up right and I remember being like oh yeah I mean it's cool seeing them like become more adults and that sort of stuff
2: yeah and also Tom Felton in those later movies incredible like yes. I yeah when he gets to What's cool... What was cool about reading those books is also... I, I wonder what it must have been like for them as actors. Like, reading those books and knowing what their characters were going to do.
1: hmm That right. must
2: have been a really interesting experience. Um, like, now having done Star Wars and having done Ryle, like, I'm really glad that, for me, Harry Potter was so separate from work. Like, it's like... It's like... I don't know how to explain it. It's like this thing that's untouchable in my mind. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Right. Yeah,
2: it's wild.
1: Was there a teacher you particularly, um, like, that resonated with you, whether, like, inspirationally for, from the series, where, like, you took their lessons going out, like, into the world that you think were, like, in- inspiring you?
2: I mean, obviously, I was tricked into hating Snape for so long, but then by right, the end, of <laughs> he was the one that stayed with me. And not just in the books, but also Alan Rickman and uh, his performance yeah. as... I mean, he was in so incredible, and um, there were so many moments in that movie where he delivers one line, and I and it's like genius. Like when some characters asking him about the defense against the dark arts position that he didn't get again, and he says obviously, and he's like obviously, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but he delivers it in such a way that it is completely unforgettable. And yeah. there's only a few actors that do that can do that. I've watched, um, I watched. Obviously, Ryan Johnson's amazing, Knives Out, um, yes, a couple uh. years ago. And Michael Shannon did that for me. Mm. He had this one line, and it was the word no. And I cannot get out of my head how he <laughs> delivered that line because it was so funny and so grounded in reality. And, and some actors have that gift of being able to deliver those one-word lines in ways that just feel so real that it stays with you. And... Um, Alan Rickman was def- definitely
1: one of those, yeah. It's in uh, the one with Umbridge where he's asked, or to the Phoenix, where she's asking him like, oh, and you wanted to fill yes! that position? It's obviously.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's, yeah, Umbridge. Uh,
1: I, wow. Umbridge, I still think was robbed of an Academy Award, not, not only win, but nomination. She is so incredible.
2: She is so good. Yeah. So, so deliciously evil
1: yes deliciously evil is a perfect way to say that i have to ask the obligatory harry potter fan question uh what house have you sorted yourself into or do you think you would be sorted into
2: Okay, I think I would be I think I would be in one of those situations where the sorting hat would be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm. And I would be like Gryffindor, 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 and they would be like, but Ravenclaw, and I'd be like Gryffindor, Gryffindor, Gryffindor. <laughs> so then they would I think the Sorting hat would let me be in Gryffindor, but I do think that it's like on the border of those two. How about
1: you? For me, okay, so I I have been a long fan of Slytherin. Not because it's some like edgy choice to go with Slytherin. I think <laughs> I, I Ooh, think do you shop at hot <laughs> topic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh my spike bracelet says otherwise. Um I <laughs> I just think ambition A Snape was from there, and Snape gave the ultimate sacrifice for Harry yeah. and like the school and the wizarding world by being the bad guy for however many years, you know, and then he is the ultimate sacrifice, uh, but I like that ambition is their big thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with being ambitious, you know, you, you got to be ambitious. Some people take it too far, obviously, uh, <laughs> in the case of Slytherins, but as a whole, I think ambition is a key driver in my personal, like, life, so that's, that's something I stick around with there, so that's, that's me. I love that. Yeah, please don't slide into my DMs about that, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Harry Potter, 2001 to 2011. Uh, All amazing films. All amazing films.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
1: Uh, so let's jump to your last one, a slight pivot, but something I'm very, very also excited to talk about. Uh, this is 2006's Pan's Labyrinth. It has an 8.2 out of 10 with 621,000 ratings on IMDb, written and directed by the great Guillermo del Toro, starring Ivana Baquero, Ari... Ariadna Gill, uh, Sergey Lopez, and Doug Jones. Uh, the synopsis is, uh, In the found Spain of 1944, a bookish young stepdaughter of a sadistic army officer escapes into an eerie but captivating fantasy world. So talk to me about Pan's Labyrinth. Um, really such an amazing movie in every which way. Um, yeah, talk to me about it. When, when was the first time you watched this?
2: Um, I think it was, yeah, when it first came out. 2006, I was in... High school. Um, uh, And that movie is so haunting. It just stayed with me. And I watched it, I actually watched it pretty recently, like maybe a couple Mm -hmm. months ago. Like I just, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, I just felt like it was ingenious in the ways in which it explored um, war, but also in a way that took you into a child's perception of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just obsessed with uh, GDT.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <I mean. laughs> obsessed.
2: And I, yeah. I've gone down so many rabbit holes about like how he's gotten interested in monsters, and and how much of his upbringing played into that. And and mm-hmm. um, I just think he's such a consummate like artist, and that movie and the music is so haunting. Like. Mm-hmm. De- 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 like, yeah. I cannot get that song out of my head. It's like, it's um, like an
1: evil lullaby sort of, like, take, right? Yeah. Like the way it's, it's like a haunting little melody there. Yeah, agreed. Yeah,
2: and I think it was my first real... Um, I don't know if this is true, but I think it's one of my first uh, real experiences with magical realism done very well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's my favorite genre of film, like, without any doubt in my mind. I just think that... Um, It's such an incredible, it's such an incredible movie.
1: Yeah. Something about the way Guillermo del Toro is able to write and capture like a child's like loneliness right behind that in in this film is so interesting because like he's able to balance the very intense, I mean the whole thing is is, is intense in its own way, right? But like the intense like, you know, how would a kid escape being in the situation you know, that, that Ophelia was in and he just does it so perfectly in a way that's like kind of hard to explain, but you know, taking yourself into like imaginary lands because who, when a kid is like stressed out or like wants to, you know, is kind of mad at their parents for whatever dumb reason or real reason they may be like the meet, they want to do is like daydream. And like a lot of kids you know, they daydream or they'll say like, I'm going to run away. Right. They'll like, they'll picture like, I could just run away. And he kind of does that in this way, but with his GDT twist on it, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say there.
2: Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And there's only one moment in the movie towards the end where, where the audience is suddenly given the, the question of is any of this real or did she make it all up? And that's, it's, that's when, um, uh, her stepfather figure like finds her, um, And I remember that for me being like, oh, wait, I like that he doesn't really answer the question, that it's sort yeah. of a question. Yeah, that really, it's, it's really, it's so beautiful. That movie's awesome. And it, I just remembered I have, like, looking at this, I'm going to actually go and get it. I'm listening to you, but I'm okay. going to get my GD, GDT book that I have, like, yes, on my go shelf. Get it. Because I want to show you. Pl-
1: <laughs> please, please, go get it. <laughs> Ooh, look
2: so at Yeah, I have this that.
1: book. At home with monsters or something, and so I actually yeah. haven't heard of that, so what is it? It's just like a, all the work he does
2: yeah it's it's like a he's really into collecting um, yes. you know like different monster type things for inspiration, and this is a lot of pictures of the things
1: yeah, like I've seen it's pictures dope. like or videos of like his house, and it looks like just like an awesome museum of collectibles and stuff like yeah. that.
2: Yeah, do you remember when the fires were here a few years ago and it was yeah, like yeah. in danger of of being lost? I was like, "No, GDT. I'm so invested. I don't I've never I I've met him. Well, I didn't even meet him. I saw him once." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so invested. I was like this cannot burn down. You don't understand. This is very important. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is I, I just think he's so incredible. And obviously, like Shape of Water is just
1: Yeah, oh, I loved Shape of Water because like in, in a way that uh Pan's Labyrinth sort of captured childhood like whimsy in a really particular way. I feel like mm-hmm. Shape of Water captured like when I watched it in theaters, I remember thinking, like, this is what a movie is like when you want to escape and see like a fun movie like this is it it captures sort of like the whimsy and like the mysticism of old hollywood in such a unique way without being like about old hollywood i don't know there's something about it that's like yeah it's he's- yeah,
2: magical on. yeah Yeah. And I listened to so many interviews of him talking about how like every shot is moving because he wanted to emulate it being like water and just like all of these little choices that make it so incredible to watch. Like that's something that I find extremely interesting too. Like the more I learn about this industry and the more I work with people is just how meticulous people are in their decision making and how it does really make a difference. And he's one Mm -hmm. of those who I feel like is very, very meticulous about every single choice um, but I agree with you that that movie has a similar, um, ability to use magical realism in a way that takes you to a different place that I think is so rare in movies nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not afraid to feel things, you know yeah, what I mean?
1: Totally feel things and sort of just like go where he wants to go, which is pretty hard to find. I feel like in a lot of new movies, right. I think there are a lot of new movies are trying to like, even at the time, I mean, even when Pan's Labyrinth came out, like. Movies obviously try and please a wide audience for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, Pan's Labyrinth and Shape of Water and Guillermo del Toro in general, he makes movies for himself and what he thinks he enjoys, and it just happens that a lot of people really enjoy his movies, you know? And he doesn't cheapen it or anything like that. Yeah, there's just something about it, right?
2: So good. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, so good. And God, I just love that movie. (laughs) Um,
1: Were you much of a dreamer yourself when you were younger?
2: I was absolutely yeah I so I um have two sisters one older and one younger and I have these two cousins on um on my mom's side who we used to always go to their house in Riverside Mm -hmm. and it's funny because the only two things I know about Riverside is one their house is there and two that's where (laughs) two that's where the movie Changeling took place Mm with all the murders (laughs) and the chicken coop. Um, So uh, when I was growing up, we'd always go to their house. And my older cousin was the same age as my older sister, and my younger cousin was the same age as my little sister. So I was sort of the middle child that sort of got – I was very much in between, like, my my older sister and cousin were really into, like, Backstreet Boys and talking about boys at the time. And then my little sister and my little cousin were really into playing video games. And I was sort of in this, like, awkward middle age. And because of that, I spent so much of my time, whenever we were there, I'd be reading books and I'd be, like, daydreaming and walking around and, like, creating worlds in my head by myself. So, yeah, I was absolutely a kid who sort of spent a lot of time in fictional worlds, I think, to to escape reality.
1: Right. And now you get to play in these fictional worlds to help other kids. You know, I mean, what a, what a beautiful, like full circle, not full circle, getting to the full circle. Cause obviously there's much more to your circle to come, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, I love hearing and, you know, the fun thing about doing this podcast is when I get to talk to people and you get to see these clear narratives in their life that like parallel the movies that they, they end up creating or acting in. It makes it so like wholesome and inspiring. And, and I hope, you know, our, our listeners get, get the same feelings from that.
2: Ian, why are you trying to make me cry all of the time?
1: <laughs> and, you know, just a little AM, AM cry session. Yeah. What, right before your very long hours of press day, I'm sure it's exactly what you want. <laughs>
2: That's really beautifully put. I've never really thought about it that way. And that thanks for saying that. I'm gonna (laughs) sit on that for a little bit because it's making me feel things.
1: (laughs) So before we go, obviously we have to talk about Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh I had a chance to watch it last night. Being Filipino American, I absolutely loved, loved, loved like all the visuals I got to see. It reminded me of so many things whenever whenever I've gotten to travel back home to the Philippines. It was amazing. I mean, what are your thoughts? You, you get to be the first Southeast Asian Disney princess, Disney like warrior princess even. So what are your thoughts around that?
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, well, first of all, I'm so glad that you resonated with it. And that makes me so happy to hear because I think that we've been pretty meticulous about trying to capture authentically... Um, that part of the world, mm-hmm. and it means a lot to me that that uh, that you enjoyed it and that it resonated with you. And yeah, it, it's a big deal. Um, <laughs> I honestly, it sounds so crazy because you know I, I still don't really feel like I am. Um, I've been working that long. You know, Jedi mm-hmm. Last Jedi came out in 2017. It's now in <laughs> 2021, and before that, I was working in an office and just auditioning for stuff all the time and and um yeah it feels like a, a weird miracle like it just feels like a dream the whole thing and i I'm, I'm so excited for this movie to come out because i am so proud of it but yeah if you're asking me how i feel about um <laughs> about getting getting to voice raya it feels unreal it's truly unreal
1: <laughs> um but if people who who aren't familiar uh with the film what what is it about and who who do you play
2: yeah so the movie follows Raya, who, when we first meet her, is a young girl who's just obsessed with dragons and really has an ideal way of looking at the world. And her father is a an Obama-esque character who <laughs> is trying to bring the world together and unite the world. And, um, and then this sort of horrible thing happens and she experiences something that sort of changes her entire worldview. And then we sort of see her a a few years later and she has become this person who is absolutely zero trust for the world. Um, She feels like she has to sort of figure out everything herself and she feels like the world is a broken place and you have to treat it as such. Um, And yeah, I get to play Raya through all of those iterations from when she's a younger Girl, to when she's sort of this, um, this warrior, and I am really excited for people to to meet her and to see this movie um, and to sort of follow her journey because it's it's a journey and a lesson. I think at the end of this movie that I I'm still trying to take with me and and to really learn and understand. Yeah,
1: yeah. Obviously, without going in, into too many details, I mean it. It seems like the message and final, like you know lessons about the movie are just like very relevant in a way to sort of how people are sort of approaching uh you know 2021 and how they kind of want to rev- like maybe reflect on the last couple of years does that make sense to you yeah, yeah.
2: oh my goodness absolutely yeah i think that <laughs> i absolutely relate it to the what's happening in the world currently and i think a lot of the filmmakers have also said like it's so strange how you know movies like this take so years. many years right to make so there's no way that you could time it correctly to sort of uh, to sort of uh, be reacting to a current event, but it really does feel um, of this time
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, in terms of the message. Yeah, that's absolutely something I think about all the time.
1: <laughs> something that struck me about Raya is that, and the film as a whole is that this is like an action movie. It is an animated action movie like the, there's a yeah. lot of really cool action sequences and um a lot of fun adventure and stuff there. So was that was that sort of the um from when you first got the script was that sort of the idea the whole way through or did that sort of kind of change yes. as you were working with it? Okay.
2: Yeah, it was it was very clear from the beginning that um Disney was trying to do something different with this movie, not just in well yeah, first let me acknowledge the action scenes are amazing and I think <laughs> yeah. what's really cool is that um, Kui, one of our writers, is an expert in Southeast Asian uh, mar- martial arts. Mm-hmm. And so all the martial arts scenes, um, you know, the types of fighting, everything comes from this specific region of the world, which I just thought was amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, it's definitely a different type of movie, I guess, especially when we talk about historically what we have come to expect from movies that are labeled as Disney princess movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very different movie and a very different character. And I'm I'm really excited to be part of a movie that's sort of broadening the idea of what do we think when we think Disney princess? Mm-hmm. And I think that we are definitely sort of shifting the narrative in a really exciting way.
1: Yeah, I com- completely agree. How do you hope uh, kids who watch Raya will be inspired in the similar way that you were inspired when you watched Mulan. Cause I think the way that Mulan inspired you it's Raya and the last dragon is 100% going to inspire little kids in like very, very similar ways. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, what, what ideally how are you hoping there are parallels there?
2: Wow. Well, I'm fully going to cry. So thank you. <laughs> 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 um, I- yeah, I hope that people just feel seen. And I hope that yeah. they take away something from this movie that stays with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that as an actor, the dream is to be part of something that people uh, are moved by or, or something that, make people, that makes people think. And um, I think, I don't know, you've seen the movie. I'd love to hear your opinion. But I, I think that this movie is so special and, and it has like a message that stayed with me at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me it's like um my my wife she's pregnant with our with our first daughter and so for me what I saw I was like this is awesome that I'm not going to have to go back to a movie from 1998 to like, which is obviously amazing. Like also one of my favorite Disney films is that, you know, we get to have like a really modern one come out with like, that isn't, you know, like you said, that kind of shapes the narrative differently on how people see Disney princesses. So we have these two like awesome movies featuring Asian like princesses that I think hopefully will be like very inspiring to her, at, you know, at a young age. I love that. Ryan the lost dragon uh coming out theatrically. If you're able to where it's safe, on March 5th, but also at the same time on Disney+. Plus. So that's exciting. Anything else uh, about that other than make sure you go see it because it's awesome and everyone will love it?
2: (laughs) Well, you said it so well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, yeah, I'm really excited to share this movie with the world um, in whatever way is the safest. And I'm just, I'm really, really excited. So yeah, you said it perfectly.
1: Final question here. We have... Mulan, Harry Potter, and Pan's Laugh, and then sort of leading off to what I just said. Do you have like a through line between these three movies as to why you think you like chose these three? Do you see any correlation between when you watch them or or anything like that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think they all have magic in them. Um,
1: Mm.
2: And that, gosh, for me, I think that's such a huge... Motivator in my life like I just want to believe that magic is real and I don't really know how to define that but I want to believe that there's something bigger than me I want to believe that there is um, things about the world that we don't necessarily understand despite all of the technological and scientific advances I want to believe that there are things that cannot be explained and that um, there's still wonder in the world and, and something to be excited about and surprised by um so, yeah, I, I think those I think that's the type of stuff that I still gravitate towards um, and this type of stuff that I, I want to exist in the world.
1: Beautifully said. Perfect. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, like I said before, you're uh, the magic between Raya and obviously Star Wars. Uh, you know, I think you're helping kids and, and people also just I mean, not even kids, just anyone you know continued to believe in like sort of magic stuff so i, I love that <laughs> thank you well kelly thank you so much for hanging out with us today uh i love talking about all three of these films but uh raya and the last dragon comes out theatrically and on disney plus on march 5th do you have anything else you want to uh chat really quickly about the film
2: <laughs> no i i it's an amazing movie and I, I i'm really excited for people to um be able to watch it and i hope that uh, i hope people like it yeah
1: so thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Um, have fun with the rest of your day. And I'm looking forward to uh, Raya coming out for to see.
2: Thank you. thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for listening. To find out more about Kelly Marie Tran and the movies that changed her life, head over to imdb.com podcasts.